Broadcasting from the business capital of the world, this is the Podcast Business News Network. We are back now with Malachi Yoga, and yeah, she's the owner of her own company as a yoga therapist. We're excited to have our friend back from Denver, Colorado, Blair Douglas. Welcome back today. How are you? I'm good. Thanks, Jill. How are you? Good. I'm, I'm learning about the heat. I know it's hot where you are, but it's not so humid. It's hot where we are. Well, I'll tell you what hot is. It's about, I think it's 86 <laughs> degrees outside, which may not be hot to you, but it is like super humid. And in Denver, you're at 101? Yeah, today we're at a heat advisory, so we're supposed to hit 100 today, but it's not nearly as impressive with humidity. So mm-hmm. I'm very lucky for that. I am visiting my aunt next week or actually in a couple of days, and she's in St. Louis area, and it will be humid. All right. So well, I'm prepared to have curly hair next week on the show for sure. Yeah, because she's got some beautiful straight hair right now. Mine's all curly and crazy. So if you're not on the, the, the Zoom cast with us, only the podcast, you're like, what are these girls talking about? But she looks good today, and her hair looks amazing too. So not mine, <laughs> but good to see you. So uh, tell us a little bit about what you do, and uh, we'll get into compassion today, I know, and a little bit about self-care. So give us an overview of you to start. Yeah. So um, like Jill mentioned, I own my own company. It's called Malachite Yoga. And I work as a yoga therapist. My specialty is chronic pain, neurological disorders, and functional mobility. And what yoga therapy is, is basically each one of our clients we see individually, we see them as a whole person. So when you come to meet with us, you know, no matter if it's uh, a knee injury that we're recovering from or more psychological, emotional stuff, we still see all of those aspects and what's come into that and work with you on, you know, creating a custom plan basically that you can use for a lifetime after you're not seeing us anymore. Got it. Well, thank you for being yeah. here. And just to point out, how do we reach you? Yeah, you can always reach me at my website, which is malachiteyoga.com. That's M-A-L-A-C-H-I-T-E yoga.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. All right. So let's talk a little bit today about the concept of compassion and self-care. And uh, yeah, what is that to to get started? People, I know self-care, people sometimes think I'm selfish, but I'm not. I want to highlight that. But what about compassion Mm -hmm. in general to start there? Yeah. And so the reason I bring this up today is I was listening to uh, a podcast that was one of my, that I've listened to a bunch of times, actually. It's a dear friend and like, teacher mentor of mine, Shelly Prosco, and she is a great educator along the lines of talking about compassion and self-compassion and what that looks like. So there's this idea a lot of us already know, like self-care. It's become like a very hot, hot item, which I am all for. Self-care is something that I promote (laughs) rigorously, like to all my clients, to myself, to my partner, my friends, my family. Self-care is important and learning what self-care you need as an individual um, can make a massive difference too, right? In your mental health, not just your physical, mattering on what you're doing um, and what that looks like. So Jill, like you just mentioned, you have some self-care stuff. What's your self-care routine? Per My se? self-care is, well, I'll be honest with you. It was limited for so long, right? I have two kids, work full time, raise them, live alone. I spent six months without getting my hair done, my, my color, my, my, my nails done. 
And I went six months without a manicure or pedicure, and I felt like crap, to be honest. Me, self-care is little things like that to me that make me feel good. And my sister made me feel like I was being selfish. Oh, well, it, you have kids, and you should And I'm like, but my nails are so disgusting. And so long to me, self-care is getting my nails done, my hair done. That's it. I'm not looking for a massage or anything grandiose, but these little things make me feel good. Um, and yeah, that's to me self-care. What about you? Yeah. So for like me, part of my self-care is I, every morning I go on a walk. You're, mm-hmm. So sometimes it's bright and early and I hate to say sometimes I'm up at like 4.30 because it's the heat, mattering what house I'm in, the heat's so much in Tucson, you have to be up before the sun rises, before it's too hot. Uh, followed by usually I take a bar class or a yoga class. And those are things that's part of my self-care because it's part for my mental health and just movement in my own spine and back and hips. Mm -hmm. On top of that though, like in the evenings, I want at least mm, anywhere from 40 to an hour to get ready for bed, which can seem quite long to a lot of people, but I've built in a massive routine where like a lot of times I'll take a shower, I get out of the shower, I do, um, like a whole face routine for myself because it feels good. Uh, every part of my body gets lotioned. <laughs> like I have a whole set of things that I like to do that helps me decompress from the day, help my brain shut down, and I sleep a lot better. And when you, at least for me, when I sleep a lot better, I feel a lot better <laughs> throughout the day. So typically I'm like, I try to stick to this routine because I found it really works for me. Um, So what I was wanted to talk to you too about today. So we have this idea of self-care, which I think a lot of people have jumped on and have a better understanding of. It's more than just, um, you know, I need to have this done because, you know, appearances to the outside world. It's really about you. And that gets kind of lost sometimes in the conversation where we're talking to people, right? And they're like, that just seems like you're high maintenance. And this is actually a more typical conversation with women. So a lot of times, like, you'll hear women speaking about, well, you know, I want to do this, especially women with children that they're raising. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, they might be full-time moms or have a full-time job, but that's still a lot of extra stuff. And it's not to say that the parenting isn't being shared, but a lot of times some of the stuff we need for self-care goes to the wayside. Yeah. So the other aspect of that, which has taken me a lot of years to understand and learn, and like I was just speaking about a moment ago, there's this woman, her name is Shelly Pasco, who is part of like the pain care aware community, very specifically, she's up in Canada. Um, but what Shelly's taught me over the years after listening podcasts and speaking to her specifically is a lot about compassion. So self-compassion. Um, and, and what that means is how we speak to ourselves, how we treat ourselves, because a lot of times that aspect from the, the self-care routine gets missed. So how we interact, so even the judgment that can come up. And I can give you an example. Last year, I had a family member pass away and I just finished, I just graduated from my program. And, you know, after I graduated, I already was a little nervous and stressed of like, okay, I need to pick up X, Y, more clients, all this other stuff. And I'd set these standards that were quite high. Uh, That's just part of my personality. I'm aware of how I am. But also it is partially too, like the individual, the person that I'm partnered with, my my other half, he's very driven. Mm -hmm. And so it's very hard because I work in a much more relaxed industry sometimes than he does. Mm -hmm. And so you 
you do this parring thing where he's like, what are you doing today? I'm like, just, you know, going to check. On something. It's like, it was, it was this weird setup where I wasn't really working as much as he was. And so there was this balance that was, I could feel the stress and tension. So after ha having a family member pass away, I had fallen in this space where I kind of just couldn't, I wasn't ready to take on new clients. I wasn't in a good mental space at that point. It wasn't like I didn't know it was coming and, you know, but it's still me, I, I'm a human, I need to process things. And what I realized was for a moment there though, I got very down on myself about why haven't you sent out these emails? Why haven't you told people you have three client openings? Like it just became this repetitive thing every day where my anxiety level would amp up and amp up and amp up. Mm -hmm. And I finally had this like wake up moment, like what are you doing? Why are you talking to yourself like that? Yeah. Like, there's no reason. You've experienced something where you're going through grief. It's okay to process that. And there's no timeline on that processing. There's no timeline for anybody on that processing when stuff like that happens. So I had to recheck in with myself. For like, it's okay to not pick up clients right now. Mm -hmm. It's okay to process. Yeah. It's okay to sit outside and watch the birds outside my house for three hours. Like I needed to just remind myself it was okay because I felt you know, there's all this other energy happening in my house, but I wasn't in that same headspace. But it took me a moment to re-remember, like, I need to treat myself as well as I treat any of my clients. Because that comes off when you work with clients. If you're kind to yourself and compassionate towards yourself, you become more compassionate towards others. And that mindset, it's hard to shift. It's not something where overnight you're gonna be like, you know what? everything's hunky-dory. I'm going to be super like relaxed with everybody. I have a ton of compassion because we live in a society, right? That's like, go, 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 go. So it's this transitioning that takes time. And like, for me, it was through education, meditation, being around people who, um, you know, know this information are very versed in it, but also I, you know, monkey see monkey do. Yeah. I'm watching them be compassionate towards me and tell me, like even the director of my program, I remember at one point I called her up and I was like, listen, I'm in this mentorship and I'm stressed out beyond belief because mm -hmm. I can't find clients for this one specific thing. I had never had that problem before. And part of it was, it was based around children and I don't have children. And it's not to say that I can't work with children. I've worked with children plenty, but I was like, I don't have any like basis to find clients for this, this process. And she, you know, very succinctly said to me, Blair, that's okay. Do you want to switch into the other one where I know you're going to have more success and also not feel stressed out because unless your get goal is to work with children, it's okay to not do this one. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like you're right. Like my topics, I know what I'm going to work on. So let's go from there. Um, but yeah, it's just this like self-talk and I don't know, Jill, you might have some understanding of what I'm speaking about, of like how we interact with ourselves, or if there was a time that's come up for you where you're like, 
why am I talking to myself like this? Mm -hmm. Exactly. Oh, for sure. And and by the way, I also do a little meditation thing in the morning. It's five minutes part of my self-care. I didn't realize that self-care. Obviously, it is that I take the time for myself to lay there to talk to myself, project my day, think positive thoughts. I make my kids wake up and they hate me for this. I make them look in the mirror. And when they walk down the steps, they see the mirror and they say, I'm amazing. I'm going to do great things with my life. I make them say little positive affirmations. But sorry, I just digress because obviously I talked about like the basic nails and stuff. That's because it's just something, well, everyone's different what their self-care is. But uh, <laughs> but the meditation is also part of that. Thank you. <laughs> no, and I think that's what's great is you're start, we're starting to see too, like, it, it, that wasn't like maybe such a thing too, maybe with you growing up and when I was growing up, like there wasn't a parent constantly telling me like, hey, say nice things about yourself, like interact with yourself in a positive way. And it's not that my parents didn't love me or didn't like, you know, think that I was going to be amazing. It's just they didn't, there was a gap in education there that was missing that we're starting to learn so much more about. There's so much more research and science around how important it can be for people's mental health to have that positive influence. And I think sometimes the hard part is people sometimes, because it's not a stigma, like a, like what is the word I'm trying to use? It can just feel like sometimes people think it's maybe a little hokey. Like, oh, I love myself. I'm beautiful. I'm kind. I'm, you know, all these things. Because we've never been taught, like, that's actually something that could be very positive. Mm-hmm. It's not that we're saying walk out the door and go scream that to everybody out in the park, which you're more than welcome to do. But actually having a self, like a conversation with yourself can be really a way to just somewhat self-soothe and also just reaffirm that like I'm okay I'm here this moment is okay I'm okay I'm human like it's okay to process and be um one of the other really things that I I like to do and I know Shelly's talked about and some other people have talked about Mm -hmm. and this is not a a new thing is writing yourself a love letter Mm -hmm. And the way that one of the things that can happen is you really are putting pen to paper and saying like what you need to say. And then what the suggestion is, is you fold that letter up and you tuck it away. And then you look at it again at a later date, like set a reminder on your phone for six months to a year and say, I'm going to read this letter to myself. Um, mm -hmm. It's something that I, I, I really do enjoy. And I like to give even to my clients sometimes. So I'll be like, especially when we're, I'm noticing there's a lot of trait or they're in a spot where it's just, they feel very much alone and like they've done something wrong or they're not efficient at something. Or I'm like, I want you to write a really positive letter to yourself. In a couple of weeks, let's go back and I want you to read it. You don't need to read it to me. It's to you. But just those little aspects can really make somebody feel comfort and really just change the dynamic of how we're interacting not just with ourselves but with a society or a client as a whole does that kind of make sense Jill? yeah it does and by the way if you are just tuning in malachite yoga we're here with our friend uh, blair douglas got to remind everyone um how we can reach you uh, malachiteyoga.com how else mm-hmm. Yeah, you can always reach me through the um, malachiteyoga.com. You can also reach me through Blair at malachiteyoga.com, which is my direct email. Uh, there's a, I have a Facebook page as well. That's Malachite Yoga. 
and an Instagram that's Malachite Yoga. I don't post as much on those, but I'll always respond to people if they've messaged me um, and want more information. I also also always offer 15-minute consultations. If you're curious about yoga therapy or just want to know a little more information before diving in and, you know, purchasing sessions. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, let's continue. So we're talking today about the work she does as a yoga therapist and so much more. Um, compassion self-care and what was the other thing we're supposed to hit on today I forgot the notes no it's okay (laughs) no it's really it really is based around like that compassionate uh self-care is all in one so right so we we've talked a lot about not not me specifically in this moment but I mean just what is self-care that's become a much bigger thing especially after COVID happened I think of people realizing like when those care routines went way down, right? So like COVID happened, people weren't getting their hair cut, nails done, like little things that you didn't know you needed because it was an improvement for your mental health as well. Because it's just a way of you like giving yourself some space and time too to just really appreciate, you know, all these things about yourself and you it makes you feel better. It doesn't matter if you're a woman or a man, like I, even for my partner, you know, like, not getting a haircut for a while, he was like, my hair is driving me crazy. And I feel really weird on camera all the time because like, can't get it done. And the second we started doing stuff again, you could see the mental shift happen for both of us too, of like, okay, yeah, I needed that. I didn't even realize how badly I needed it. And like haircuts even for me, like I have long hair, like what does it matter? But then I was like, actually it did matter. I didn't realize how much it mattered, but like having split ends and stuff be like really long and kind of just all over the place like I needed that um but yeah so these things but then adding in this concept of compassion and what I found for myself learning over time is like as I got more compassionate towards myself I truly do believe and notice difference with me interacting with my clients students family members you know my partner friends it made the difference of like quick to judgment stuff. Like I've slowed down a lot. A lot of times like my clients and I will be on and instead of me jumping into the like, okay, so let's let's move it forward because that happens. It's inevitable. We have these moments. I've been able to sit back and be like, I'm just going to let them be, let them process, let them have the experience we just had together, whether it was via meditation, a practice, or just a conversation we're having that they're processing what kind of came out during that conversation. And just where they stand with it and being supportive in that way. Of, there's some, there's this way of we regulate. So you might have had this happen in the past. You've walked into a room, let's say, and somebody's really upset. It kind of sends your nervous system, your like sensory system into like overdrive a little bit. At least for me, it has. And I've seen it happen with others of you're going to immediately kind of go into that mode that they're in. And so that happens too with compassion. So me even telling my clients, like in the mornings I get up, I have a routine. I do this and this and this for myself. I also like during my bar class, I'm like, you are kicking ass. Like, this is going great for you today. Like little things that are seem kind of silly, but like have helped me. Like instead of me being like half-assing something, let's say, all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I can do like a plank for another 45 seconds. That's totally fine with me. Like things that I was not, I would just be like, okay, well, that's enough of that. It's like this challenge of myself of like, no, Blair, you totally have it. Like, let's keep doing it. 
And that's not to say to just let yourself off the hook. So I do want to preface that as well. It's, this doesn't mean you just stop. You're like, I'm this amazing being human. I need no pressure ever put on me because we just don't work that way. <laughs> like you still need to have a little bit of that push, but there is this difference between, you know, kind of pushing yourself and driving and being like, you need to do this better. You need to do this. It's not maintainable. It can happen once in a while where it's like that actually helped me get over this hump, but that doesn't mean you continue to do that to yourself. So it's this checking in, how much pressure do I actually need? to get myself to get through something where am I overthinking this and how can I still have compassion but yet you know still be able to keep moving forward with whatever goals are and expectation the other thing I wanted to mention too like what we see is people that start becoming more compassionate towards others so let's say that's a situation where it's not just a conversation anymore it's not just I'm going to give this person you know instead of responding immediately or being on their butt about something, I'm going to give them time and space to just be. The other aspect is, is can we use, like take compassion, but also start giving it out in the way of volunteer work. So for some people, a lot of times, and I'll say this happens, I think in my opinion and, or what I've seen with clients too, that I've had some, not pushback on, just some stuff has happened where I'll, I'll suggest something like, I don't have time for that or I don't have the bandwidth, which can be quite common if you're living with chronic pain or you know, sometimes a neurological disorder, that's kind of common where it's not that you don't wanna do this stuff, it's that you're, you don't have the energy to do said thing. So where do we find this balance then? So say you had some stuff going on, but you're like, I actually do have a free two hours every month where I could go volunteer at a assisted living home or a shelter or something where you're giving back to a community that you, maybe you do actually feel passionate about those, but you've never felt like, well, I can't give all the time in the world. So I really just can't do that. I'll tell you right now, a lot of times those places will take you. Like just even going and holding somebody's hand and talking to them in an assisted living center can make somebody's like month, year, day, like truly those people and this is coming from a place of, I do get to work with some people in spaces that are assisted living. And I can see that it's frustrating to me that they're not being as supported as I want. If you have the bandwidth to go into a facility like that and say, hey, can I come read to these guys for two hours or just sit and talk with them, mm -hmm. do it. Because what it does is it, you giving a little extra compassion to somebody who maybe could really use it, That's but also it, it gives back to you. like. It comes full circle, and I truly believe that. I've seen it in myself and others. So any opportunity you can get where you're like, I actually really care about this organization or something along those lines, see if you can give some of your time. Or maybe it's some education point where it's like, I can help build this person's website out because, or this like group's website out or fix something for them because I actually know electrician work or plumbing or something. All those things are needed where they're just – People have a hard time asking. So just to come full circle, really, Jill, is what I'm saying is self-care is super important. Self-compassion, super important. And then if you can give that compassion out to others, please do. And that means when you also, when you start figuring out self-compassion, that doesn't mean you just give yourself out willy-nilly, right? Like that doesn't mean I expect you to show up every week and do these work. Also, there is something to be said about self-compassion, but also the amount of setting boundaries 
which is something Shelly talks about as well. It's important to set boundaries for yourself because then you will have more respect for yourself. Like there's a respect level of like, I've set a boundary that's important to me and I'd like to maintain said boundary. That person usually interacting with you will completely understand. They're like, okay, yeah, I see that. But it also doesn't drain you then and take away from the stuff you're trying to do and the support you're trying to give out or and or like get that feedback. Yep. Wow. Well, thank you for being here. And if someone does want to speak to you directly, could you share how we can contact you? Yeah, you can contact me anytime through the website, which is malachiteyoga.com. That's M-A-L-A-C-H-I-T-E yoga.com or even through email, which is the same, but it's Blair at malachiteyoga.com. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a fantastic day. And I guess we'll speak again next week. Yeah. Live from where are you going to be? I'll be in Edwardsville, Illinois. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. (laughs) Hopefully less. It's not going to be as hot. (laughs) Have a great day, but be humid probably. Yeah. Yeah, All right. Have a great day. Thanks again. Thank you. Broadcasting from the business capital of the world. This is the podcast business news network. Hey, what's up everybody? I'm Jason Derulo. I love that music connects to people all over the country. But unfortunately, so does something else. Childhood hunger. 15 million kids struggle with hunger right here in America. And yet, every year, billions of pounds of surplus food in the U.S. go to waste instead of going to the children in need. Feeding America is working to change this. The Feeding America nationwide network of food banks rescues this surplus of food to help provide meals to families in virtually every community in the United States including yours, but they just can't do this alone. Join me in the fight against hunger in America. For more information on what you can do to get involved, visit feedingamerica.org. That's feedingamerica.org. Together we can solve hunger. Together we're feeding America. A message from Feeding America and the Ad Council.